You're listening to the CHN Radio Podcast. Make plans to be part of the Toonami 2019 meetup in Denver, Colorado. Join us for a pint at the Hogshead and Celtic February 22nd through 24th with our special guest, Warren Barton. Lee Mackham's allowed. How are you, the lads? Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 42, the Jackie Robinson podcast. Um, some people might know who that is, I hope. <laughs> um, we are in, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I said, I'll say it like that, of, of today's recording on the day of the draw at Wolves. I'm sad, happy, I guess, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Right now, I have two beautiful men with me one is a man who still wears like it's a onesie of miguel almiron's face elijah newsom how you doing oh okay thanks for just projecting (laughs) just absolutely just coming at your entire onesie collection of course yeah and the other with us is josh lumpkin from mile high magpies you've definitely heard about him Josh, how you doing? Uh, doing well, although uh, I'd be happier with three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, when I led, I was like, I'm happy. Like, because we did lose, and it's, it's an away point against a top seven side. So I was like, okay. I'm trying to think, like, grand scheme. <laughs> I, right. I, I think I might be hiding some of my negative emotions by doing that, but <laughs> well, we'll definitely get to that. But like, yeah, it's it's a bit like riding home from school on your bicycle when you're a kid and getting a flat like three blocks, you know. Oh yeah, three more blocks. You know, maybe maybe like one more block, <laughs> <laughs> right. closer. Um, maybe your neighbor's house. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Josh, I want to get right into it because obviously we've been talking about the Toon Army meetup coming up. Literally, not this weekend, but next weekend. Can't believe it's already there. Um, so I just wanted to take some time for you to kind of talk about what you guys have going on, what you're, like, where do people find your stuff? And then uh, just give people, I guess, more, a little bit more, maybe, what is it, like 10 days almost, uh, time yeah. to, to get their last-minute purchases in. That's right. We got uh, ten days left um, for the meetup. We're super, super excited. Um, as you know, if you've seen the video, you'll know that we've got our Mile High Magpies Tune Army Meetup commemorative pint glasses in. Um, come in on Friday night. Uh, come over to the Hogshead starting at eight p.m. That'll be the VIP with Warren. 
Not only will you receive one of those pint glasses for free, but it'll also be filled with a tasty beer provided by uh, Hogshead Brewery. So they are providing um, free rounds to everybody who shows up on Friday night. Those uh, Friday night tickets, again, um, you can buy them in a package. You can buy them individually. Also includes one free raffle ticket. Um, Warren is generously donating some of his memorabilia for raffle. Um, so if you don't end up getting one, then, you know, we'll be doing raffle tickets um, on the cheap. Again, this all helps kind of help raise money to not only help fund Warren's trip, but anything over and above that, all of it's going to charity. So we are 100% nonprofit. So come in Friday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great little pre-party. Hogshead treating us great. We were just there uh, this afternoon watching the match. They always have good stuff on tap. Um, they are really known for their cast-conditioned ales. So if you're a total beer geek, you're about to have some of the best live ale around. And, of course, they also do traditional keg beer. So after that, you know, we won't be out too late, but uh, be sure you wake up early because 8 a.m. we will be at the Celtic on Market for the Huddersfield game. And we were not expecting this game to be quite, how can I say, intense, uh, <laughs> <laughs> stressful maybe, <laughs> but uh, it is the, the relegation uh, fight is officially in, in, in on, on, basically, we should say. It's based officially on. So, uh, so yeah, the bell has rung, and I think uh, everybody's getting their chance in the ring. So that'll happen at 8 a.m. Uh, come on down, watch the match with us. Warren will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Following the match, we got you guys on deck. So we'll be doing a Q&A and a podcast and some trivia. So that'll be a lot of fun. And there will be more swag to be given away as well. We love um, swag. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so if, you, if you didn't get a chance to get a pint glass, you might have a chance to win one. Um, we might have a few leftover T-shirts. Um, we don't have too many available. However, we do have a couple um, I think available. I think mostly there'll be larges that'll be left. We might have some XLs and some mediums off to see. Um, so we've got those. Um, we've got some Mile High Magpie scarves coming in. So even if you don't live here within the area, um, it's quite the souvenir because I promise there aren't too many of those either. And uh, they, they're always, you know, the scarves like that are always a talking point. Um, we've had folks come and visit from all over, bring their local scarves. It's always, it's always a great conversation starter. It's a great way to connect with our two fans, especially if, you know, you're going overseas and you're watching the game. It's a great way to connect with people and just, you know, again, share the love of the club. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so, and that will be at Celtic on Market, right? Celtic on Market, yeah. downtown, yeah. So, yeah, after all of that is done, um, we'll get uh, Warren back to his hotel room, get him on a plane, get him back. However, that's also when our fun, we keep, it continues. We're going to keep, uh, keep it going with a brewery tour. So the brewery tour will pick us up at the Celtic on Market. And we were kind of like, do we want to try and cram in a lot of breweries? Do we want to just cram in a few breweries? And just, just you know, with, with this many people, you know, because the seats are pretty limited. We only have about 40 of those seats available. So if you have not gotten a brewery tour ticket and you are interested, please do so. You certainly cannot drive around Denver um, on any type of ride share or public transportation for less, much less than that the brewery bus actually has like bottled water and you know vans and stuff you don't have to worry about parking you don't have to worry about any of that um so it's much more convenient and plus you know you get to be with all of us and we'll be singing and acting like idiots on the bus it'll be a lot of fun so <laughs> don't miss out on that um we've chosen three breweries spotlighting colorado craft 
the first we'll be stopping at is actually Blue Moon. Now, a lot of people were like, Blue Moon, what are you doing that, that for? It's like Coors. It's, it's just Belgian white. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We're all about to be schooled. Big time. They yeah, Blue Moon's about to learn you. Yeah, big time. Porters, stouts, all ales. I mean, they do all kinds of stuff that you will never see unless you actually visit the brewery. Plus, the space is absolutely beautiful. It's big, so plenty, you know, plenty of room to accommodate all of us. So that, that's really nice. And then just down the road from Blue Moon, we'll be going to Great Divide. So if you've heard the legend of the Yeti, there's your chance to experience it. So Great Divide produces uh, that Yeti Imperial Stout, which is just amazing. There are a lot of different variants of it. There's, there's an espresso version. They've done a chai tea version. Just a lot of fun stuff. In addition to all their other views too. One of the things that people don't know is that Great Divide um, was actually chosen as one of the cask mates. So there are limited bottles of Jameson aged Great Divide barrels. And oh, I'm in. It's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, if you can get a hold of one, they are amazing. Um, and then later, Jameson, then later they released, obviously, with the whole barrel exchange, they released a beer called Smoothness, which was a uh, black lager. And uh, if you have not tried that, even if you don't get a hint, get a chance to drink the, uh, the Jameson, you can at least drink the lager that, uh, that uh, Great Divide did in that. So from there, um, we will be heading over to Odell. Odell, again, very quintessential Colorado brewery, been around a very long time. Based out of Port Collins, they've got a tap room in Denver. And uh, so that's sure to be a lot of fun. A lot of people have had Odell's, for example, like their, their seasonal, their St. Lupulin, the drum roll, uh, their IPAs. They, they do a lot of great stuff. Um, so again, it's a great opportunity for you to showcase some very traditional, like Colorado craft beer. Um, a lot of things you probably won't see out of the state. Um, so if you, if you're only familiar with maybe say one or two of the variants of these, you, you are way, way, <laughs> way in for a big, big surprise. And there'll be plenty of time to taste through them all, which is why we just decided to kind of stick with three and they're all in very close proximity of each other. Um, from there, if people decide. There's plenty more to do over in Rhino. So it's, it's walking distance to Ratio, Epic Brewing, Stem Cider. So there's a lot more to do there. However, for us, it's just a question of how quickly we can get on and off the bus, and get ready to pay their tab, et cetera, et cetera. But please, we don't want anyone to feel rushed. And that's part of the reason why we structured it this way. After that, you all get a chance to like chill, maybe grab some dinner, hang out, whatever. And uh, meet us back over at the Celticon Market downtown at 8 p.m. Um, that is when we have an after-party kicking off. Um, be just good drinks, good laughs, some songs. Um, and celebrating know. three points. And celebrating three <laughs> points, yes. <laughs> Indeed. A yeah. much-needed three points. So, yes, that will definitely be happening. There will be more giveaways, so definitely stop in for that. Um, so yeah, and then whenever, you know, you all stumble back to your hotel rooms, your Airbnbs or your couches or whatever you're doing, wake up the next morning. Um, right now we're trying to see if Hogshead can get a shift cover because, uh, one of the gentlemen there is actually a big Liverpool fan and he does not want to miss the Liverpool Manchester United game. And that's seven mountain time. So our plan is to, you know, if you're feeling up to it and you want to show up early for that, our plan is to try and get there a little early. And then we'll have breakfast going right around 9, so providing breakfast for everybody. Um, we've got, uh, I believe we're going to have some kielbasa, we've got some eggs, we've got a whole bunch of other goodies. Um, totally free, so just stop in if you're not sure, you know, when you're going to have breakfast. Come in, come and see us one last time, and before, you know, you disembark and uh, head back to wherever you came from. Love it. Yeah. Elijah, Good four time. words to describe 
Denver, Colorado beer. It will get you drunk. That was <laughs> that, that was five words. That was five, but it kind of makes sense when you if you're it. slurring your speech. You drunk is one word. Yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you haven't if you haven't consumed alcohol at altitude, yeah, you're probably going to be a lightweight. But interesting. You, I never thought about it that way. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. wow. All right, well, Greg, good luck luck on us doing this pod then. Oh, yeah, we're going (laughs) to – this is going to be the best podcast ever because it's going to be a brown liquor special. See, I can't even talk. I'm getting too excited. I'm already drunk. (laughs) Yeah, I'm already drunk. It's going to be a brown liquor special for sure. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and we'll be posting on social media like this whole week. All all starting next week, we're going to post the links. to where you can sign up to everything and you don't have to sign up to all of it. You can sign up to one of it. You can just, I mean, there's so many options and they're not going to go to, you're not going to go to Denver and do all this stuff for any cheaper than this. So, uh, but in the meantime, where do people find you if they still, for some reason, do not know how? Ah, yes. Head over to Facebook and uh, type in mile high magpies and you should see our Facebook page come up, click on events and you can read through, and it'll give you the schedule of everything I've just described. But if you scroll to the bottom, you will see two links. The first link is for anybody who's looking to do the brewery tour as well as any of the events involving Warren Barton. The second link is just Warren Barton only. So if you're not interested in doing the brewery bus tour, hey, that's all right. Just come down, and uh, you can come in Friday, like I said, grab one of those free pint glasses, grab some beer, or you can do Saturday. And uh, just come down and uh, hang out and do the Q&A and do some swag. It'll be a lot of fun. Hang out with Elijah and hang out with you, Greg, and the rest of us. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to do some live video as well. So definitely don't miss out. No matter what combination you choose, we've got something that is going to fit everybody's budget and everybody's time because there's a lot to see and do here. And like I said on, on, uh, on our last pod, all this stuff is like literally the most affordable Denver experience you can possibly have. Like I have friends who are living in Denver and I'm telling them like, Oh, we're doing all this. And they're just shocked at like how little you have to pay to get some of these experiences. So just piggybacking off of what we've already said is going to be dope. Yes. And Elijah four words to describe the Toon army American meetup in Denver, Colorado. Going to be heckin' awesome. <laughs> Family pod. It's a family. It's a family podcast. People. Yes. I thought you were going to say going to be drunk. <laughs> oh. And I started laughing before, as like pretty much as you were saying, fecking awesome. <laughs> yes. That was good. All right. Yeah. Well, Josh, thanks for thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. We will we'll see you soon. Alrighty. Thanks so much. I'm soon. looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, away the lads and keep make sure Denver's sunny for us. Oh, we definitely will. We'll be bringing it. Trust me. All right. (laughs) Yes. All right. Have a good one, Josh. All righty. Thank you. You as well. All right. So we'll get into some club news now. And the first beautiful thing is Elijah. I mean, you prompted me to even talk about this because I was like, oh, whatever. We're not going to talk about this. But Yannick Torre, my mans, the, the stock is rising on Yannick Torre. And he, they played in the PL Cup against Southampton. He scored two goals, had a brace, and literally earlier in the week we talked about him getting a hat trick in 24 minutes against Blythe. 
So he has five goals in like, what, 114 minutes? That's pretty good. Dare, he, dare we say he passes Sorensen? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, well, we'll see. But, I mean, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what he does in a – so um, I guess we'll, we'll expand on this conversation. So Luke Sharman started in the striker position. Um, and he scored. And, and so Elias replaced Luke when Luke went on loan. Luke got hurt immediately at loan and barely played at all. So he came back in January, scored a goal in his first match in this one, and then got absolutely like, like suspendable tackle and got stretchered off with an air cast on his ankle. So bad luck, Luke Charman. I think now Yannick Torre will now take his spot. And I think, he is up for the challenge. <laughs> so we'll watch that. Um, Rafa, do you hear about Rafa's contract talk? Wonderful stuff. I've heard that it exists. Yeah. So he basically said that, you know, two new signings right before the transfer window doesn't really, uh, like it moves the needle, but there's still a lot more that we have to talk about. <laughs> so I think the direct quote, I'm trying to find it. Um, oh, here it is. He said, obviously that is something that we have plenty of time to talk about. Obviously one or two signings at the end of the transfer window doesn't change everything. We are a little bit better than before, but we still have to talk about a lot of things if we want to move forward. Thoughts on that? So where where is the lie? I, I mean, <laughs> where is the lie? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's that's that. Um, last thing is we mentioned the last podcast, but there's not a lot of club news right now, so we're recycling. Uh, lads are going to Spain, so and that's because they can't win in the FA Cup, um, so they're going to go to Spain. Congrats to them. I've never been to Spain. Have you? No, I've heard they have tapas in St. I, I made the same joke, actually, already. Yeah, so. it really is recycled. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I do have, I have club news. Okay. Uh, there's a rumor floating around that um, former Newcastle player um, and current Fox Sports uh, commentator slash pundit Warren Barton will be in Denver oh. next weekend. Um, I don't know why, but I heard that he'll be in Denver. Any, yeah. any word you hear about that? Hear that story? Yeah. The, if you happen to skip past the first 10 minutes of this podcast, <laughs> um, just go You're back. one of those people just, that usually skips our first 10 minutes <laughs> and now is disappointed just, to discover that you still have to hear us not talk about the match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you should just head on back <laughs> to the beginning. Um, but yeah, there's. Apparently, there's a sighting out there. It's like Pokemon Go, but for Warren Barton. Got to go find him. Oh, oh. also, this is a message to Brian. Um, if you're listening, Brian. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> just if you're listening, just, just say something in the Slack that just notes that you heard us say this. No, I want you to chat the letters B, period, H, period. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it before we waste everyone's time. That was an inside joke, and if you want to learn about it, join our team. uh, Email CHN Radio, NUFC at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, I'm killing it with the the plugins. Wow, that was smooth. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's get into the match today. Uh, we, well, today when we're recording, uh, it was like, I don't know. I don't, re- I still really don't have the words to describe this one. Um, right last seconds of the match, Wolves score to tie it, making it 1 1 final. So it's not, um, I, I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it. It's not ideal because we could have easily won and there was, you know, a, a play that we are going to discuss in depth that, you know, we think VAR would have taken away. Um, that was a complete game changer. We would have had three points for this. But another way to look at it is you went away to the seventh place team in the Premier League and you got a point. So um, we'll see what most of everyone's side is on. But let's get into the three words. We had a few submissions for that. Um, thank you for replying to those. It is great. Um, we'll start with David Campbell. It says Longstaff is mint, and then he he attached a like I guess an online dictionary, so we know what the word mint is. <laughs> but does he know that he was tweeting this about a team based in England? Yeah, I think. It's not like this is the the Minnesota Vikings, and you have to explain <laughs> uh, some some Joe Blow in in Minneapolis what mint means. And yeah, we got mint. We we got mint covered. We got it. We got it. <laughs> um, Zach Leggett says foul on Dubrovka. We'll definitely get into that. Uh, French girl says we were robbed. Thanks, French girl. We oui, we. Oui. <laughs> they. I wish they spelled it O U I. Oh my gosh. Oui. We were robbed. That would have been great. Um, and then two from Trevor Mooney. He said, virtual assistant referee. <laughs> and then, welcome to Newcastle. <laughs> so, both definitely agree with there. Yeah, if any new Atlanta United fans, um, that has happened a few times this season, last season, the season before that, the season before that. That's a normal occurrence for Newcastle United, what just happened. Um, so, I'm sorry. If you're now a fan, <laughs> fan you can't back out because nobody likes a bandwagon jumper so there we are so let's get into some of the lineups um or some of the lines the lineups for the match elijah did you have any surprises what are your thoughts on how it went down about do you want me to lineup? yeah do you want me to say the lineup no because it's exactly what i said it would be yeah it is so um i was honestly and Shout out to Isaac Hayden and Sean Longstaff for proving me right when we had that whole discussion about what's the best midfield pairing or what, you know, who would you start, you know, given that pretty much our, almost our entire midfield is completely healthy again. Yeah, the, Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden, good job. Yeah, yeah, and this is probably the best our our squad has looked from a depth like perspective all season. I mean, you had Diame on the bench, Kennedy on the bench, Fernandez on the bench, Mankio. That was odd. Uh, Hasselu and then Miguel Almiron. That was our bench, which I I, I can't remember when our bench has been that, like, I'm not going to say loaded, but I mean, our bench usually isn't like that. Let's just say, I don't know how else to say it, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into the match. It was Wolves won the first half. Um, but kind of piggybacking off of what Elijah said, it was definitely a long staff and Hayden show in the first half also. They just did a really good job. Just 
controlling everything. Um, one person whose show it wasn't in the first half was DeAndre Yedlin. Oof. Um, yeah, he's he just like he was just struggling, and they and Wolves were clearly, I think, targeting him, and Jota was like burning him. Like it, it was ugly. Um, what what's your thoughts on? We'll just mention the first half play with Yedlin. I mean, I, I thought, you know, there was a lot of preemptive. And, of course, you know, this is stuff we see from U.S. men's national team fans all the time, just Yedlin bashing. And it's like, yeah. don't forget, you know, put in an amazing shift last week. Put had literally some of his – one of his best games of the season in, in, against – I think it was Man City. Like, the guy yeah. just last week was unreal. So, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be insanely great every single match, and we're learning that with um, with other players on the squad as well. It's it, it's a bit unrealistic to be like, oh well, we're expecting Yedlin to you know go out and get an assist every match or you know be insane every match. But I mean, I think in this case with the back three, we had you know a solid three center backs that could cover up you know the majority of the mistakes Yedlin made. We got a little bit lucky with some chances that you know. We're a direct result of Yedlin yeah. uh, messing up, but but in, all in all, the errors weren't that egregious, in my opinion. Um, especially given Newcastle as a whole kind of looked not amazing in the first half. Like there was people ragging on him for how he approached things offensively going forward, and it was like not there was a lot of bad attacking play from Newcastle in the first half. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's in the grand scheme of thing, the grand scheme of things, things I'm not really that concerned. And and one thing to applaud Yedlin for is he was really far up the pitch in the first half too. Like he was really like move, moving up, and that was surprising to see. Um, and and when you're that far up, it's it's hard to get back. I mean, he seemed like he traveled well, way more than anybody else on the pitch in the first half. Um, a lot, of, a lot of ground to cover. So it was uh, 36 minute. It was the first, I guess, real-ish chance. And it was from Wolves. It was Nevis had a pretty long pa- uh, pass across the pitch. And Jimenez took it. And Jimenez went wide to take this ball. And Yedlin came to um, – this is another Yedlin kind of bash. But um, Yedlin came out to challenge, and it was just awful. He just, like, ran around him. Uh, ran around Yedlin and he cut inside and just put a pretty fast low shot into Dubrovka and Dubrovka did a really good job getting down low and then pairing it out of danger. So good shout by him. And then it was Newcastle's first chance just a few minutes after, and it was so close by Rondon. Uh, um, I, oh, this stinks, but he Perez played Rondon through. Yep. I said it. Um, it was a dirty mistake. Perez got the ball, played it, played it right to Rondon. He was kind of put wide also, and then they deflected. Like, he shot the ball, and it deflected off of Cody, went for a corner, and then that was it. But that's the most I can muster for a Newcastle chance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I say Wolves was the better side in the first half, but it, honestly, not a lot of – going on so i will say this first half long staff again is really really good like the guy is so composed for being 
was he 21? Yeah. 21 he, years he, old. His Twitter account is Sean Longstaff1997. This <laughs> yeah. is just like, wow. All right, guy. Yeah, and he and like Rafa is like playing him in a role as like almost like the same position as a quarterback in the NFL, where he's just like kind of sitting back and just like surveying the field and distributing. Like and like Hayden's kind of the midfielder who's advancing up when possible, but like Longstaff is the guy who's like composed and making the decisions. I was like, this is crazy that a twenty one year old coming from the academy that costs zero dollars is doing this. It's just, it's impressive. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, good job. Good job. Uh, we call it. Um, so second half started and we didn't see Amaron, which I was a little disappointed about, but I wait, also- wait, 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 time out, time out. Before that happens, I want to just let the world know. Um, and cause I don't think Greg saw this, that Greg and I, from separate accounts, tweeted out the exact same tweet, <laughs> and it was it was a good moment, and I felt like that tweet that that highlighted that deserves more love than it got. Yeah, we both tweeted out like like sum up half like this half in a gif. Yeah, and we did. It's just yeah. funny. It's simpatico, me and you. Simpatico. Yes, I don't. What did you just say? What is simpatico? It's like it's from a movie. It's basically okay. it's like we're on the same level sounded like some sort of sex position i hadn't tried 10 days all right so uh (laughs) 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 all right so i don't know so right after the second half i don't know how wolves didn't score but mutino's uh corner was headed on at the front post by joda doherty arrived at the back post and it was put off by longstaff i'm pretty sure longstaff kicked like Doherty in the face. I don't know. It was, but like, I don't know how that ball didn't get in. And then it was only shortly after that. Isaac M F Hayden, his middle initials M F. Um, Patricio gifted us with a wonderful mistake. Um, he kicked the ball out of play. And then we switched uh, from le- like left to right on the, on the field and share also known as Hayden Ben Sherfa. Like, he held off, like, Bowley and then – or, sorry, Hayden held off Bowley. But Cher, like, made this insane run again. Again, yeah. Like, where is this coming from? He he said it best when he was interviewed about it. He saw the space, and he was just like, okay. Okay. Pretty, that was a direct quote. Was- <laughs> the Swiss knife – just absolutely carving through Premier League defenders. Oh. He just absolutely – like, it's just so amazing to see that from a center back. And I think he should play as a false nine from now on. But uh, that's a okay. philosophical <laughs> debate. Um, yeah, he just absolutely runs up the middle of the Wolves' defense and then just drops a dime to Hayden. Was like Hayden was, like, kind of the right to the keeper. This holds off Boney, makes a great shot across the face of the keeper. Keeper's not saving it. One nothing Newcastle. Yeah. And like Hayden like doesn't want to be here, but he's playing so well. I mean he doesn't have yeah, a choice you, you, now. Yeah, you really can't. You there's there's nothing more that you can you can really say. Um And I, I don't want to slate him either because he had some good quotes about it. 
Yeah, and and I would just say this: fair play to Hayden, because uh, yeah. as Greg noted, doesn't want to be here, but it's not like he's completely checked out. Um, there have been players who, um, who don't didn't want to be here. Musa um, Suzuka. Yes, no, and checked glad. out completely. Um, and then uh, and more recently, uh, Mikel Marino just refused yeah. to compete for a position. Isaac Hayden was probably lower on the total pole than Marino. And still, um, despite, you know, not getting his initial move that he wanted, he still went out and competed and still proved that he was worth being in the team. Um, his spot wasn't necessarily guaranteed. Newcastle had success with Cher playing as defensive midfielder with um, other midfielders, you know, in front of him. But, you know, Hayden still, exact, like we said, he still came out, did his job, um, and he was rewarded for his, his, his valiant efforts uh, today. Yeah, I, I I think it's well said because as he, he's definitely not a fan favorite because of what's going on, but he deserves a little bit of credit here. I think the, the quote, uh, it's not a direct quote, but what he said was something along the line of like, no matter what's happening outside of the game, once I cross that white line, like it doesn't matter anymore. And I was like, good. Like, I'm glad that you have that mindset. And it, it, can, it, show, it just shows. So respect i'm and now i'm picturing the the meme of the kid holding the jeter hat out yeah i thought you were doing that i thought you were currently doing the the double tap to the chest putting your your fist out like pound pound respect maybe maybe i was maybe it's either you were doing it or you weren't it's not really a maybe i I just don't want to tell people well then Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I knew we were doomed shortly after the goal. They cut to Mike Ashley and Lee Charlie smiling and laughing while we were at one nothing. I knew it wasn't going to last. Um, <laughs> that's very uh, dramatic, but guess what, guys? Guess what? What? The 72nd minute of football in the English Premier League on Monday, February 11th, 2019, Newcastle United record signing Miguel Almiron makes his first appearance, subbing on for Christian Atsu. Massive cheers from the Newcastle supporters. And we have Miggy in Newcastle. How sweet was it, Elijah, after all of, especially your legwork on this, how, how sweet was it to see number 24 Black and white strikes red numbers walk out onto the pitch. Well, that that didn't happen. He was wearing blue. So Oh yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got too into it. Yeah, how, way too into it. Yeah. Um how does it feel for Miguel Amron walking out in NYCFC colors onto a pitch really? <laughs> um, when you put it like that. No, um, I mean to be honest, like it was straight. Um I'm. I really want to talk more about like specifically what he did. That I yeah. Have. Let's let's get into that. All right, let's get into it. So first and foremost, we want to start things off by just roasting the rest of our staff who who don't listen to our podcast. Shout out to Graham and Ben and One Lost Muffin Kyle who listen to the pod regularly and you know give us feedback and 
let us know. Ha ha, that was a funny joke you made, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then Brian and Merz are just saying like all these things about Miguel that we've literally been saying for four months. Now they're like, wow, Miguel is so fast. Oh, wow, he works so hard. Wow, he's really good technically. And we're like, I literally was like, it's crazy. We said all this on the pod. Like literally, like I don't even, I, I can't, it's, I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain this. Like, I don't know. I tweeted out uh, and Roberto saw it. And he, he like he and I were talking about it. Like I tweeted out, like it's fu- it's funny seeing all these Newcastle fans literally say the same things that Miguel, not not yeah, that Roberto and I were saying about Miguel for like the past four months. Like if you look at our articles we've written, Miguel very fast, yeah, very tactical. He's gonna make a lot of he's gonna work hard. We've said this our our whole Miguel Almiron we had a whole podcast about this. Like for heaven's sake, um, but I mean overall, I mean. No, I don't think Greg and I were surprised about that. Um, I wasn't as surprised about the physicality um, that he was able to handle. Um, I like after. I like that he – I love that he came right out and gets a foul after, like, pushing over like a Wolves yeah, defender. I was they, like, I, I mean, love that. I love that. Uh, he, don't forget, uh, another Newcastle legend did the same thing. Alexander Mitrovic picked up a foul, like, within, like, two minutes. He got, like, a yellow card. Yeah. But um, – but I, I think it's one of those things where Eric Quintana, who was the guy I sat down with with Dirty South Soccer, he brought this up about the physicality aspect, is that like although the players in the Premier League are much better, the MLS is just as physical as a league of a league. And Greg and I have talked about it, especially because the quality of refing. If you thought today's and we'll talk about that later, if you thought that was bad today, don't watch anything. In the, in the entire CONCACAF region because yeah. the CONCACAF refs are just awful. And, like, if you play in that region, um, in any league, or if you've played in any tournament in that region, you know how bad the refing is and how, you know, reluctant they are to call certain things. And there's a reason why the MLS has VAR because it was, like, needed because yeah. of so many missed calls and guys just getting decked. So, I mean, I wasn't that surprised about his uh, his physicality. Um, there was one There was one moment in the match that I was, like, that you know, I was warned about, but I didn't even really pay, pay much attention to it because we were winning. Um, but um, Eric also mentioned that, um, and he—I don't remember if he said this on air or to me afterwards—but he mentioned that Miguel. One of he think one of the things he thinks Miguel will do when he first gets to Newcastle because he doesn't really know the players is that he's gonna do a lot of things like you know take a lot of shots or um, you know. Demand, demand demand the ball in, in different spots instead of, you know, I think towards the end of his Atlanta United tenure, if you watched him play, it was very free-flowing. People knew to give Miguel the ball. People knew when to give it to him, where they wanted. So natural things chemistry-wise. And there was one area where he made this excellent run, and he wanted the ball on the inside played to him, a through ball on the inside of the defender, and Rondon played on the outside of the defender, and it killed the attack. And that was like, oof. If that happens like two weeks from now, that's like a surefire goal because I think Rondon knows this is where Miguel wants it. Miguel doesn't yeah. have a right foot, so he wants on the inside of his defender so he can cut in and and uh, shoot with his left. But yeah, I mean overall, very impressed uh, with the debut. I thought it was a good debut. Um, I think it was going to be kind of hard to have a bad debut, um, and we've mentioned this when the expectations are so low. Um, so, so it was, it was always going to be a good debut. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little bit of tactics. So when we did sub on Almiron, it was, it became a five, two, two, one. Um, 
and Almiron was on the left of Rondon. Um, but he he came back and defended a lot too, which was really good. He he won a ball in the corner, I and mean, he was he was everywhere. It was for the short cameo that it was. It was a great um, debut for him, and you I I'll say it. I mean, you can you can expect him to start in twelve days against Huddersfield. I, yeah, I, I mean, one out. of my friends asked me, like, oh, when's Miguel going to start? I was like, the next match. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, we he have was, a week and a half off, and we're playing the worst team in, in the Prem. Like, you yeah. pretty much bang it that he's starting. I mean, and not only that, he came on, and, like, there was a lot of people, third-party watchers who don't watch a lot of Newcastle. Um, one SB Nation writer, Kimberly McCauley, she tweeted this out, and it got a, a little bit of traction. And it was like, Miguel made this one run. Um, I think it was with the ball, too. And and she just tweeted, oh, my God, Miguel's Newcastle's the best player. And I was like, I don't know if you're wrong. <laughs> like, you look at him and you look at how confident he is, and you're like, oh, this guy might – he might just end up being our best player. Just yeah, he's so assured. He's assured. Yeah. He just knows that what he's capable of and what he can do. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm really happy with how it went. I can't wait for him to start. Yeah, I really can't. I mean, and, and I think for and for the people who listen to this podcast, um, don't be surprised if he if like don't be surprised when you see how hard he works because I think you can get caught up in like okay he only had to play for twenty minutes is he really going to run like that for an entire match? Don't be shocked when he does because like I said he does this he's been doing this for Atlanta like literally the only times Atlanta subbed him off and he didn't play the full ninety was towards the end. Of uh of the the end of the regular season, he was coming back from injury, um and then into the playoffs where new, they would literally it was kind of like a, a death lineup where they would bring off Joseph, um they'd bring off like Joseph they, they, sometimes they wouldn't bring off Joseph they'd bring off Miguel and someone else and then they'd sub on Ezekiel Barco who's Atlanta United's most expensive signing and then Tito Vajalba who was their first uh, big signing and it was just like all right well we took off you know two really good attacking players and then just subbed on two more attacking players. And it would result in those two fresh, really good attacking players who were who would start on any other team, and they would they literally resulted in them scoring like two or three last minute goals and the it late game goals and, and in the playoffs that really secured Atlanta's fate. So like when Miguel got subbed off, it was either for a tactical reason, like okay, we just want to get another goal from a fresher player, or it was because um, he was or it's because he was just injured and they happened at the same time. So. The guy rarely got subbed off in Atlanta, running all over, up and down the pitch. And his heat map, shout out to the Chronicle for tweeting GIFs now. His heat map is, is absurd. So don't even, just like, I can't wait to watch, see it after the Huddersfield match. Yeah, I, like, I, I cannot wait because people are going to see, compare Perez and him, and it's going to be hilarious. All right, um, so it was just after, just after the uh, – Injury time was lifted. Four minutes of injury time. Almiron centers a low cross towards Perez. Uh, unreal. Um, he flicked it over the bar from 10 yards. Uh, like, such good work from Almiron, just completely unrewarded by Perez. That, yeah, and to be I, fair, it was a bit of a difficult chance because there was a defender right on him. But, like, <laughs> at least get it on target. I, I see what you're saying, Greg, but, like, because, I mean, because I'm sure you've seen Joseph score many goals like that, and you've seen. Rondon score goals like that, even Hosselu score goals, where it's like, yes, we understand as a defender like who's physically touching you, but you should still get the shot on target. Yeah. Um, so then right after that, and this is where the controversy starts, Perez is replaced with Mankio. 
it, Perez takes about 35 plus, maybe even close to a minute to walk off. And we continue to play, and then it was right at the death. Um, very cruel and unwarranted to us. But um, Wolves got a point, and it was Bowley who got the equalizer. Um, Trey Ore got past Diame and curled across in, and, Dia- and Dubrovka tried to collect it, but Bowley jumps up from behind him. And both of Bowley's arms, and if you haven't been on Twitter, it's, it's everywhere. You can go to our Twitter account at chn underscore radio to see um, at coming home in the UFC. Pretty much any Newcastle account has posted a picture of Bowley's arms around Dubrovka's neck and face as Dubrovka's going to handle the ball. Um, Bowley puts it in the net. It was the last kick of the match. Full-time, one-to-one Newcastle. I, I want to talk about that play um, and what's – there's two sides to it. So you, you can pick, Elijah, which one you want to talk about, and I'll just pick the other. Dubrovka should have punched that away. Like, shouldn't even have tried. Just punched it over the ball, bar, game over. Also should have been called a foul. Which one do you want to take? <laughs> um, okay, so because – I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because obviously literally um, our last podcast I go – we can't, we can't, you know, we can't, like, games aren't, matches aren't decided, but, like, when one player or one play, it's about the team. And in this case, it's, like, literally the football gods are like, oh, you, you think so? And then they're just like, all right, let's hit you with another whammy last-minute heartbreaker for you, <laughs> where it's, like, this controversial play involving the same player. Um, so I, I do think, so I'll, I'll do it with the punch. Um, so I, I do agree with, Dubrovka should have punched it. Um, but uh, so I was watching the American broadcast on NBC Sports and it had Martin Tyler, which was just like for somebody who plays FIFA, just surreal because it's just funny <laughs> that like he's like that in real life. Like he said like some of the same stuff, and it's like, oh, this isn't scripted. You actually talk like this. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, sure, but it they made it seem like the whole thing was entirely his fault and that he should have punched and not tried to collect it. And they just like pretty much decided that whatever Bully did was not a foul. Even after showing the replay, freezing it, seeing the the two arms around Dubrovka's neck, they're like, okay, it's not a foul. I should have punched it. Um, I agree. He should have punched it. That being said, I fully believe he would have caught it if there was no arms around his neck. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it was. It's like it looked like he like if some of the angles. So there was a side shot. Where it literally looks like because he's being dragged back, he just misses out on the ball. And so, I don't know. I, I mean, I agree. Yeah, he should have punched it. But I mean, one loss muffin brought up in our in our chat. I think like you could make the argument that he might not have even been able to punch it, considering his arms were like there was someone's arms around his neck. So, it, it yeah, sure, he should have punched it. But I I still think like you're probably going to allude to. You have to call a foul there, especially in a league that just like is so quick to blow the whistle anytime a goalkeeper's touched for anything. Like, I don't understand why the whistle wasn't blown there yeah. at all. And I, I think I think you pretty much answered both. And so I actually am going to answer the second one with a Rafa quote. Uh, so we'll just get into quotes because I think Rafa 
like what you're saying leads perfectly into Rafa's quote. So I'm just going to segue it in there. So this is what Rafa said after the match. He said, in another country, maybe you, you give a foul in England. Oh, wait. I want to make sure that's grammatically correct. In another country, maybe you can give a foul. In England, no chance. So he's talking about the Martin Dubrovka incident. Um, he said, I think it's a foul, but if it's not a foul, we've played 94 minutes and 50 seconds. Under the laws of the game, I'm not sure how how long you add on for a sub, but I don't think it's that long. To keep playing and playing, it's frustrating. So yeah, so he's referencing that that last kick was 50 seconds after the four minutes of injury time that was granted. And I, I think, I, mean, I understand Rafa's angry, but I think that was the sub. What do you think there? The uh, sub. I mean, the, the rule is at least. And so I think with the way the game was and the bombardment of chances, like you have to also consider the events that led up to it. This was like the third or fourth chance within that like 30 second span that Wolves kind of had. Like they were, they were still like, it would yeah, be awkward. Corners. That's a, it's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. So it would have been kind of awkward to stop it before then. Um, and I think that I, I, I don't have an issue at the time. I, I, a lot of people were quick to freak out. But I think Prez's sub was too long, um, was, was long enough to warrant that, uh, that time. Um, I, I have an issue with Rafa saying that, um, that the, in the Premier League, that's not a foul because it's, that's just not true. I, th- I think he's, I think there he's just shouting out like, oh, the rest of the world will call that a foul. But for some reason in the Premier League, it's not like, but I, think I, I just don't, but out. I I don't agree with that because I think that in the Premier League, we've always endure much less, and it's still called a foul. Yeah, I, like I know some people pointed out a top six club would have had, that would have been called a foul if that was Diggy or, or I said Diggy, De Gea, or like any of, any of the other top keepers, that would have been called a foul. Yeah. That's, it, what, that's it, what some people's arguments were. I mean, I think there's, I mean, you know, I, I make, Make fun of fans for the the bias against Newcastle in terms of refing, but I mean, I I still think it this kind of it doesn't help the case like at all. I understand Newcastle are supposed to be this physical club, but like this guy literally did a, a wrestling move, <laughs> yeah, like on on the on the and nothing's called. And I don't want to be that guy, but this is the second time this season Bowley has literally clearly and blatantly fouled a player and one pundits don't seem to think so even after multiple pictures multiple screenshots multiple videos pundits seem to just like ignore it and two like it just wasn't called and it's like okay sure maybe you can get away with the elbow in the head against and see it maybe the key maybe but the ref king the whole time because it's his job to look at the box off these situation and I, I don't know how you missed that call and I mean I don't know how you don't have VAR at this point I, I just I I'm genuinely confused yeah I mean we've we've lost a lot of points this season based that could have that would have been reversed via VAR um, I think we'd be a lot higher in the table if we had VAR this season so um, some stats for you. And we're leading off with the sweet Paraguayan Prince Miguel Amaron. 
He became the 231st player to represent Newcastle United in the Premier League and the second-born Paraguayan, Diego Gavilan. Congrats, Miguel Almiron, for that honor. So cool. Um, this was Newcastle United's fourth Premier League visit to the Molyneux, which is um, Wolves' ground, and Newcastle have never lost there. They've won, won once and drawn the other three. And our last visit there, I don't think I mentioned this, but the last time we were at Wolves, Mitrovic scored in a one nothing win in the championship. Oh. Um, Isaac Hayden scored his first – I said his first. His fourth goal of his career, second in the Premier League. So congrats to Isaac Hayden. And then in 538, just going over uh, relegation chances, points, how we're going to pan out the rest of the year. So Newcastle, they say we're going to remain at 40 points at the end of the season. Uh, but a relegation percentage did go up two percentage points to from 11 to 13% chance of getting relegated. Not much moving the needle-wise, but um, something – to note, it seems like so they have us in. Let me see. 18th. So they have us finishing at 14th right now. Um, behind us are Brighton, Burnley, Southampton, Cardiff City, Fulham, and Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I, only four points safe from relegation. Oh. Interesting. So, so they have Cardiff getting relegated at 36 points and us being in 14th place at 40. Nice. Yeah. All right. You ready for my stats? Yeah. All right. My one stat is that we've conceded more than one goal once away from home, and that was against Liverpool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And then the other stat um, is from Chris Holt just regarding Martin Dubrovka. Uh, Martin Dubrovka's just conceded four goals eight away games played so far against the other 14, which <laughs> basically is the same stat I said. And, of course, in total, he's conceded eight goals in eight away games, which is still impressive. Um, and the four goals he conceded were Liverpool. I don't need to talk about that. Yeah. So. No, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, I don't put that on, on him at all. Initially, I, I said I was mad at him, but then I saw the replay. Um, so let's go to it. Who is your worst player? Um, I, I mean, I guess it's Yedlin. Okay. I, I, I think that uh, it's just he wasn't terrible. It was just a tough outing for him mentally. I think he's going to bounce back better than other players who've had mental issues. Um, not mental issues, but have struggled <laughs> mentally during matches. Yeah. We won't name names, Kennedy. Um, but also, I'm looking at Miguel Marone's heat map, and there's like a blip in the on the opposite side of the field, um, all the way like like literally in the right back spot. There's like a giant blue blip where Miguel Marone was defending opposite side of the field. Anyway, um, that was just a tangent. But yeah, I think I think Yedlin was was the worst player. Um, he, in addition to Defensive errors. I think it's like once he made his initial error, the error continued. You um, saw things like him overhitting crosses and him crying that weird scissors chick, sick scissors kick thing. Just it wasn't pretty. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, 
I so I was gonna pick Yedlin as well, but I'm actually gonna go with. I'm I'm just gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can agree. Oh, just they did. What Warren Barn just liked our tweet about the referees train all the time, get hours and hours of practice, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, Warren's the man. Yeah, I'm gonna go. So you know, I'm all right. So my natural thing is Perez, but I'm gonna say I'm not going to pick him, and let me tell you why. He had three key passes today. That's like amazing for his standards. So I'm not gonna slate him. I'm I haven't been impressed with Florian Lejeune of late. Um, so I'm going to pick him as my, um, worst player. I think there's been a, the last match against Spurs and then this one, um, there's too many players that Lejeune is marking that are now lost in, in our box on set pieces. He loses, he's just been losing to like, I was going to say defenders. He's losing players that he's marking in the box and they're getting great opportunities. There's, plenty of wide open opportunities for wolves today and i maybe i'm just looking for it and i'm picking it out too much but i'm seeing that florian's responsible for a lot of them i i don't i don't think it's something to be worried about long term but i'm gonna pick lejeune as my worst player again okay um who's your best player um uh, let's see um, you know, uh, just so you can have the clout, I'm going to go Hayden. <laughs> I okay. Um, I, I mean, I mean, how a game for him? <laughs> I would say, in addition, like actually having a the man in the match. Um, he he was in. A, he scored the goal, obviously, but he played well. Like I, I don't know how else you want. You know, you can. And, uh, you can you can swing it. He, he played well. Um, he had a match. I legitimately like at this. I don't want to ever see Diame take his spot because Isaac Hayden's been doing the one thing that Mo Diame does not do, and he's actually retained possession. Yeah. Um, so, so um, I, well deserved. I, yeah, and and it's like I think he does. I think he does it. Um, basically. By not doing some of the things Diame does, and I think Diame sometimes is is too quick to try to hoof the ball upfield. I think Hayden looks for the safer passes and recycles it back to the back line or tries to find long staff. And he he kind of knows his role. And yeah. I think Diame doesn't do that sometimes, a lot of the times. And also will kick the ball out of bounds randomly at least once a match. And you're just like, I don't know passing to so why did you do that so uh, i'm gonna go hayden he had a good match and he scored so yeah um, i think this time he's in the championship and it was also it was like a long shot too um so yeah yeah so um my best player is our prince sean longstaff uh he had 71 touches completed 42 of 52 in passing nine recoveries six tackles the man is mint that's for you. He's on fire. Sean Longstaff is on fire. Oh, did you? Do you yes. Did I, yes. Send I, know, I already know what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, just, another I great... don't know if that's appropriate, but just it was funny. No, we look, we can say that. Um, 
Sean Longstaff is a great porn star name. It, it is. Yeah. Um, also, a great tweet that I saw is Miguel Alvarado's eyebrows are thick. And it's spelled it T-H-I-C-C. Oh, see, it's thick with three oh. C's. I need to add another C. Oh, uh, I was laughing when I saw that. Um, <laughs> also, right. I just, I also just, I know we're like, just a couple special shout outs for my, but I think Atsu played well, um, given his role. I think well, that um, was a workhorse as always. And, you know, it's been a long time, but I, I must Say. give a shout out. Huh? Say. I, Say. I must, I must, okay. I must give a shout out to Jamal Ocells. He actually yes! played really well today. Um, just unreal. Def- it was the stuff that we remember. Um, just some insane tackles, some crazy positioning, and just, I mean, I was honestly impressed with him. He was my man of the match. But Sharon like, and Ocells had a, had a great day. Yeah. I, I literally, I mean, and outside of his set piece positioning, Lejeune had a great day as well. <laughs> just, just like, if only you could fix that one issue. Yeah, I mean, you just don't want wide open people in the box. It's really bad for business. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think maybe four years ago, we would be like, we would take a guy who occasionally is open in the box um, as long as he was able to play out of his mind defensively in the match, which I think Lejeune did pretty well. Um, but yeah, dude, this back three is absurd. Um, I, I would be shocked if after this season we aren't getting some inquiries about at least share and and possibly um, Lejeune by the end of the season. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, and maybe too, I think if he continues playing like he did today. But I mean, I think Lejeune and Cher have been pretty spot on. Um, and they've got, since they've come back, well, since they've entered the team sheet, um, both of them. And I think given that they're both relatively youngish for center backs. Um, I would be a little shocked that there was not some interest um, in the, in the summer window from some teams abroad, especially maybe not in yeah. the premier league, but um, some of those upper tier, uh, maybe French um, and Spanish and German teams, uh, maybe some Italian teams who like to play out the back. So we shall see. Yeah. Well, oh, and Mickey, he, he exists. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't forget him. Well, um, Fubo TV is a just beautifully constructed service that focuses primarily on channels that distribute live, beautiful sports. NFL, MLB, NBA, MLS, Premier League, News, Network TV, A&E, Movies. There's several service options. Different channel lineups, including Fubo, which is the base package, Fubo Extra, an add-on package, and you can get Fubo Latino and Fubo Portuguese. So sign up today, click the link, wherever you're hollering at our podcast, sign up, join Fubo TV, and watch TV without paying for high cable. Yeah, and if you're one of those people, here, I got a combo for you guys right now. You can get a 50-inch Roku TV on Amazon for $299, 4K HD. And, yeah, Greg, that, I know that you're looking for a TV for that outdoor patio, you fire know. thing, rooftop patio you got. 
there you go. Maybe answer to that one. Roku TV included. And on Roku TV, you can, you know, get your Fubo TV going. It's an app on Roku TV. I just put it on my Roku. So uh Love just, it. Just you guys good, great. You get all your channels there. It's easy. No cables. I literally just have one cable. Well two. One that plugs in my Xbox and then one that plugs the TV into the wall. It's beautiful. It's minimalistic. It's Fubo Cute. TV. I love it. All right, so we got three. <laughs> so we got three questions. Um, first one from guy we had on earlier, Josh Mile High Magpies, um, Toon Army Denver. He said, "Why on earth was that match allowed to continue fifty percent longer than the posted injury time?" First Perez, now Dubrovka as victims of game-changing fouls. Yeah, and we've kind of touched on this. It's the Newcastle way. Um, and until mm-hmm. VAR is implemented, we're probably going to get screwed over at least one or two more times this season, and it sucks. The, the, this is that the folks over Lance uh, think uh, that um, that that was more of a foul than it was a Dubrovka error. So if they're on our side. Yeah, I think maybe they're yeah. biased. I think everyone's on our side besides Wilson. And yeah, I haven't even. I don't even know if Wolves fans exist. Like I have literally have not seen any. No, there's that one. Did you see the tweet this morning? No. Oh yeah, you have to go. You have to go back and look at CHN Radio. I tweeted, uh, I retweeted and quoted a tweet of a Wolves fan who's howling at a video, like saying, "Oh, we're ready for the match tonight. I hope all of you Wolves fans are howling." And he howls in the picture. Wait, wait, you're like legitimately howling like a wolf. Yeah, he's yeah. You have to see it. I I I, I quoted it. I quoted it said, you okay? <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just sucks. Um, L- One Lost Muffin said, why? Yep. And the answer to that is also... It's the Newcastle way. <laughs> yeah. And then the questionnaire of CHN Radio, Trevor Mooney, he said, what do you think the ref was daydreaming about for getting to blow the whistle after four minutes and missing the chokehold? One. If you remember to turn off his iron, two, which episode of Gossip Girl he was on, three, which scent of candle he was going to use for his bubble bath tonight. I'm going with the bubble bath. Yeah, I mean that's a solid choice, and and no disrespect to candle people, I actually am sitting next to my Yankee candle. Um, oh, if anyone's interested in the scent, it's apple pumpkin. It is delightful. Oh, it smells delicious. Um, so yeah, this everyone I like candles, but I think this guy is a bubble bath guy, and you get you get ninety six minutes on a Monday night. Um, I think by that ninety fourth minute of you running the equivalent of like they run like a five k refs during a match, um, and so I think that you know at that point you're tired. All you want to do is sit in your tub and you're and soak. And, and just get all that mud and grimy and sweat all off you and start thinking about, you know, what's, what do I have next for the week? What, how can I better myself as a human being? And I think the ref was looking more, he's looking forward to that period of his evening and just completely whiffed on one of the easiest calls of, of the year. Yeah. Yes, it is true. Guys, shoot us a follow at CHN underscore radio. Shoot us another follow at Coming Home and UFC. Uh, please, 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 please go to iTunes and rate us five stars and write a little blurb. It literally takes eight seconds. 
It's really important for us and getting our podcast out there to the mass people of the world. Um, Elijah, do you have anything else? Yeah, actually, this is something cool to note to end on. Um, and this is a quote from Isaac Hayden. Uh, we win as a team. We draw as a team. We lose as a team. There's going to be no blame laid at his, meaning Dubrovka's, front door. Um, so I think this team's going to bounce back. We're going to have a 4-0 pumping of, against Huddersfield, and we're going to be watching it all alongside Warren Barton getting super shwasted, um in Denver, where we're going to we're going to see all the beautiful trees at the high altitude. <laughs> we love high altitude. All we right, certainly do. <laughs> that concludes episode 42 of CHN Radio. We look forward to – actually, well, one more thing. It's going to be a little bit before you hear from us because there's no game this this weekend. Um, so next time you'll be hearing from us is to preview our match against Huddersfield. Um, um, plus. After that, we'll be live with Warren Barton. Yeah, unless we decide to do an NFL draft primer this week. Yeah, <laughs> or, or that. Or that. All right, well, thank you, our wonderful listeners. We will see you later, and we'll leave it with you all. So, away the labs. When we got the weed put on, away we went again. But them that had their noses broke, they came back all again. Some went to the dispensary and some to Dr. Gibbs's and some to the infirmary to mend their broken ribs. Sing a song and I sang the Paddy Fagan. I danced the jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. Oh, no.